Consider the following, and some of the results you will hardly believe. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Living Full Kombucha Podcast. Hi, everyone. My name is Lydia, and this is my verbal journal. From being a public school teacher to now being a commercial kombucha brewer, my eventual goal is to open an inclusive tap room in my community that welcomes neurodiversity into the brewing space. You know, with a journal, I share my thoughts and my feelings, a lot of times my frustrations, which will be today a little teaser, and the wahoo, I figured it out moments, and there's a lot of those too. It's a roller coaster for sure, but I'm really glad that you took the time out of your day to join me here. Right now, it's just me in this business, but I'm getting closer and closer towards having the ability to hire someone. But that's all to say that in this podcast, I often will interchange me for we or us. And that's just because I like to speak to the future. And this truly is a we endeavor. And I've met so many amazing people on this journey so far. And our community is absolutely growing. But you can find us at livingfullkombucha.com. And on social media platforms, our handle is livingfullkombucha. Hot dog, you guys. I am coming back to you in a more timely fashion. Some of you may be listening to this in, I don't know, 2030, not giving a flying care in the world because you don't even look at the timestamps. 2030, isn't that a thought? Anyway, we're going to have a tap room by then. I got to speak it into existence for it to happen, right? But I am feeling charged and I have a goal this year to take the podcast a lot more seriously. And not that I didn't take it seriously before, but I often took this podcast as kind of like a reward. And if I worked really hard enough, I'd treat myself to this podcast. And that was just me being unhealthy Lydia and a lot of unhealthy tendencies. And I never thought that I would actually work hard enough or completed the amount of tasks that I needed to do in order to reward myself with a podcast. And I've realized more than ever, especially over the last year, with it being the first full year in business, that I really do have to truly make time for the things that bring me joy. And, and podcasting and connecting with you here is one of them. So I'm going to treat this, quote, reward as a priority. And I'm coming at you on a more frequent basis. I'm a huge podcast listener. I don't know if you guys are either, but like, okay, if you saw how many podcasts I follow, you'd also get to know me on a way deeper level if you saw the podcast that I listen to. I appreciate consistency from other podcasters, and I would like to have that same consistency moving forward myself. Plus, it has been absolutely outstanding getting to meet so many of you here on this platform. Back when I first recorded my first episode, almost two years ago to the day, I was looking back a little bit ago, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's almost been two years. We were in the midst of COVID shutdown. I wasn't able to be around people or my students, and so I recorded my thoughts, and I pretended like I was talking to someone. And like I mentioned, it brought me some joy, and I thought if I could connect with someone who has a similar path, I had totally made it. Like I, I felt like that was it. So fast forward to now, I'm getting regular messages from fellow brewers, from teachers and entrepreneurs alike. And this has been just such a cool opportunity. I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Bob with Polka Dot Kombucha out of New Orleans. We had an awesome conversation this past week about scaling and symbiosis for mentors. 
And I wanted to give another shout out to Kayla with Wildflower Kombucha, who just recently decided to freaking go for it. And she's beginning to create kombucha for her community out in Salido, Colorado. She has an awesome mission of zero waste production, like reusing various shapes of glass bottles to distribute her kombucha and do stuff on tap. So exciting, so awesome. So check them out and support those people. You know, my goal in this podcast is when you listen to this podcast, you hear about another person figuring it out, not someone who is way above you telling you what to do. This is truly a come with me podcast and I'm celebrating my wins as well as my losses and and having the opportunity to meet other people in a similar space, just wanting to become better at a particular craft, whether that be kombucha or not. These are the people that I want to surround myself with. So that's all to say, I'm extending a big old welcome for you to connect. We are all built to want a community. And if you feel like I'd be a good fit for your community, reach out. I'd love to meet you. You can email me directly at livingfullkombucha at gmail.com or shoot me a DM on the gram. All right, I am so excited to share what I am sipping on today. I have been sharing that I have been wanting to switch to more local made producers and or find businesses that just have a strong mission towards helping people or the planet. And I came across a tea company based out of Milwaukee. Oh, sorry, by the way, I'm based out of Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is about 45 minutes south of Milwaukee. So this is pretty local to me. This tea company is called Outwoken Tea. I had wanted to reach out to Outwoken Tea via email and, okay, this is just so cool how this happened, but one day last week, I had a spare hour to grab some lunch and I went over because there was a local farmer's market. Sean was actually doing the other one. Long story, I was working on my business plan while he was doing the market, but I had a second to go grab some food and I was walking around and, oh my goodness, there was Outwoken Tea with their booth at this event. And I got to personally meet the owner, Ariella Gita. We had a great conversation. She is so driven and has done an absolutely outstanding job creating a company that is truly rooted in sustainability. She used to be a construction worker and she wanted to change the narrative to how we create waste and how we can do our part and contribute to make a positive impact on this earth. Her beautiful loose leaf tea comes in at a 100% compostable bag, and even the ink on the labels are compostable. She sources tea from families who value quality soil and environmentally friendly practices in developing countries and pays them very deserving wages for their goods. And for every, this just keeps going, it's so good. For every purchase that is made, a tree is planted. Like what? (laughs) That's so amazing. I chatted with her about kombucha and wanting to try to ferment some different tea blends and I ended up coming home with several bags of tea. I was just so excited about a bunch. But among those and one that I am sipping on right now is called Bold Blue and this tea, oh my goodness, it's so beautiful. It features our ever-loved butterfly pea flower, which we all know that when you steep it, it turns an electric blue. But Bold Blue also features lemongrass, Chinese black tea peppermint and mango oh it was so good this is absolutely delicious and there is so much more about this amazing company i just want you to check her out support this company but you can visit at outwokentea.com and i'm going to put the link in my show notes so you can do that she's uh i was gonna say she sips nationwide but she ships (laughs) nationwide and if you are local she's usually at markets in milwaukee and chicago Yum. Thank you so much, Arielle. It was a pleasure to meet you. 
So you probably saw the title of this podcast, Scaling Scaries, and I wanted to address that because I'm downright pretty scared at the moment about where I'm at. (laughs) Okay, maybe scared is kind of a dramatic word, but I'm definitely feeling a bit anxious as I'm transitioning, and I wanted to just briefly chat about that and the rest of today's episode. So for the last almost year and a half, I have been using 7-Gallon Symbiosis Fermenters. And if you are unfamiliar with Symbiosis Fermenters, they are shaped differently than your traditional cylindrical brewing fermenters in the sense that it looks more like a tray and more liquid is exposed to the air. With more surface area available for the oxygen to permeate the kombucha, the magic of fermentation can convert that sweet tea into acetic acid and and personally helps me maintain alcohol levels more consistently and brew on about a two to three week cycle. So for reference, I started with three of these trays in November of 2021 when I first moved into my first commercial space. I was using one gallon glass jars prior to this, but I was just having really inconsistent alcohol readings. And this brought me to the symbiosis fermenter system. So I have only ever used symbiosis fermenters once I got licensed. And if you want to hear more about that, I have previous episodes chatting about that process and kind of how I found symbiosis fermenters. But I bought three more for a total of six fermenters in March of 2021. And then I bought five more in the summer of 2021, bringing us to a grand total of 11 seven gallon fermenters. Which, okay, although it says seven gallons, it really, the capacity is six. And you have to reserve some of that liquid for another batch. And personally for me, I kind of wanted to dump some of the really yeasty stuff at the bottom. So by the end of it, I would say altogether, there was roughly 66 gallons. Thanks to all the community support and the demand for more kombucha, I ordered some larger trays to meet the demand. And these symbiosis fermenters were made from stout tanks. Uh, Previously, I was using happy herbalist symbiosis fermenters, if you're curious, but now I've transitioned to stout tanks. And they are 16 gallon trays, and there are four total trays that were stacked on one another. AK, if you do the math, 16 times four is 66 gallons, and I bought two of these. So that is 132 gallons. And if you go online and you look at stout tanks, there are larger symbiosis trays to purchase, like larger trays. However, with the space I have, the 66-gallon fermenters really did fit exactly what I needed. I share a space at a brewery, and I literally had just enough space to fit these. Even the height was just right. I have a little bit lower ceiling space, and a taller unit definitely would not have worked. And I gave all of that information kind of like nonchalantly, but in my head, I'm like, ah, this is literally double the amount. I've never made this amount before in my entire life. And the anxiety just continues to go up. So you can imagine where I'm at. But I wanted to provide a little backstory into obtaining these fermenters. And I realized basically that I was going to need more kombucha slash need a new system back in July of 2021. It was a great first season at the markets, but I was cleaned out every weekend. And because I didn't have the brewing capacity to brew more if I wanted, I always had a threshold of what I could bring to the market. It's a great problem to have. So I researched and researched and I found this particular option. However, what I did notice on this particular fermenter is that it said that it was back ordered until November of 2021. And I thought, all right cool. I think I could make it till then with the system that I have now. And that would allow me the winter to figure it out. Living in the Midwest, I knew, okay, 
I didn't actually know because it was still my first year in business, but just kind of knowing the outdoor season was ending, I did anticipate a decline in sales, which for me, learning a new system and transitioning a lot of stuff, I felt like November could be a really good time. Well, November came along and I got a call stating that they were pushing back the delivery to January 2022, skip over December. I was like, oh, darn it. They attributed this to the national shipping crisis, which I don't need to really go into detail about. It's rough out there getting stuff. Like my friends have been waiting on a couch for months. (laughs) Um, Items, especially large items from out of the country, takes a lot of time. So January comes along and I get an email this time that says it's been pushed back to the end of January. January now turns into early February and then mid-February, I'm told, and then now early March. And I'm thinking, oh no, are these ever going to come now? And when I heard March, my heart really sank, you guys. March is springtime. March is when I wanted to have the system figured out. I wanted to have it learned, not master, but you know, practice. And with how this trend of moving dates has been for shipping, I wondered, are they actually coming at all? Basically, if they didn't come by then, I would need to really rethink a new system. However, we were then told that there might not even be a way for me to get reimbursed, which for me in my current state in this small business, that is ridiculously crippling and I could not afford that. So this is not, by the way, this is not to show hate on stout tanks in any way, but I cannot ignore my raw feelings that I was feeling and I was feeling really bitter. I just thought I should have my tanks by now. I should know how to use them. I spent so much money that I haven't been able to get a return and I don't even know if that's even gonna happen. I really think that I should have just tattooed the word frustration on my forehead because I'm sure everybody knew. (laughs) But, oh man, I got a call from Stout, actually. I got a call from their amazing customer service rep, Jesse, who has been super kind to me throughout the entire process, I'm sure. This individual gets ridiculous amount of hate coming at them only because, you know, this, this is a huge delay for everything, not just my product. They stated that my equipment had arrived in Portland and if all goes well, like coming into the plant, they can get it shipped and turned around to me within five to seven more business days. And by this time, we're in the first week of March. Let's freaking go. Okay, yes. And fast forward, indeed, they did make their appearance with no defect and and really absolutely no trouble getting into the brewery. I also was ridiculously fortunate because it was my husband's spring break from school and he was able to help me set them up. So they were officially here and my shock that it actually happened now had to turn into immediate action because there's so much to do. Now, if you're listening to this in real time, we're at the beginning of April. I got this about March 10th. So you can imagine this is all happening right now. Entrepreneurs, you will totally get this. We have so many different pages upon pages of things or tabs literally open in our brain all at once. And so with all of the different steps and things I needed to do, I literally typed up a Google Doc and I titled it The Great Transition. I almost want to have like one of those voices that they have for the movies, The Great Transition. I can't even get that low. But they were here. Let the games begin. Let's do this. I wanted to break this transition down. So first... We had to get it all set up and arranged way, way harder than we ever deemed. But I'm going to get back to that in a second. Number two, preparing enough starter. Third, obtaining and using new equipment. And fourth and finally, the ratios. So I want to start back with number one, setting up the space and setting up 
the fermenters themselves. Like I said, they arrived great. They even came on the shelving or like the rack they were supposed to be on. Cool. However, an honest review on the Stout Symbiosis fermenters, they were lacking one large thing, and that was adjustable feet. Arranging them in the particular space that I wanted them to go in, they were extremely unlevel. One, because the flooring naturally in the brewery is a little bit slanted because we do have floor drains, which is a huge added bonus. It's something I didn't realize I would use all the time. Super nice. But for something as large as this piece of equipment, as well as something that holds liquid, you would think that it would have adjustable feet but it didn't. And so we had to address that really quickly because obviously we can't put anything in there until it is exactly level. Now I'm going to sing all of my husband's praises here because he truly, wow, went above and beyond. He did incredible. His brain is just naturally adept to kind of figuring out some of these things, especially measuring and leveling and even using specific tools. I'm definitely learning, um, but it's definitely not something that I am good at right now. And I need a lot of practice and getting that exactly right was so important to the success of the business. And you know, you, you can't do this alone. And I'm just really fortunate to have a spouse that can do this and enjoys helping me do this. And so he put on something, oh, see this is terrible. I don't even know what he did. Um, shims. <laughs> Basically, he drilled holes up into the metal and he actually put on feet, adjusting feet of his own. If you want to know more about that, reach out to me and I will divert you right to my husband. I'm sure he could talk to you about it. <laughs> But obtaining slash paying for the feet, which is a little bit more than I thought it was going to be, um, and waiting for everything to dry and the epoxy that he had used, it delayed us even that much more. And so I really wish that this system would have had adjustable feet because we could have avoided all of that. But we had it now all level. Number two, making sure that I actually have enough starter so that I can fill up all of the trays. <laughs> Any brewer will know right away that you gotta have starter. And for all the starter that you have, you wanna have insurance starter and insurance on the insurance starter. You can never have too much starter kombucha. Because as especially like me, as you're learning, things can go wrong and you got to dump some batches or you make too much and you realize, oh crap, I can't start another batch because I don't have enough starter. <clears throat> me, I've done it all. Moving into a larger system that is literally double of what I had before, I need to have enough starter to create more starter. And I'm really in a pickle right now because before I got my systems, all of my trays were full of kombucha that I was selling. And so in order for me to prepare starter kombucha, I basically had to delegate certain trays to make starter, which for me, I like to let it age for about three to four weeks to make that almost like that kombucha vinegar. And every brewer has their own take. Again, I'm not the end all be all brewer. Okay, there's lots of different ways and measuring techniques you can do to get the most potent starter for your kombucha product. I had to basically take away some of the trays that had my kombucha in it to sell. And so now I have less kombucha that I'm able to offer and I have just enough starter to do one or two trays. Also for reference, I like to put in about 15% starter for any batch that I'm doing. And so for me, I'm adding just over two gallons per tray. Okay, so I wanted to kind of backtrack just a little bit. Number two is gonna take the longest compared to three and four. They'll go fast, I promise. But I truly had to have a fundamental shift on the way that I was going to house my kombucha starter or the SCOBY if you wanna talk more proper terms. But up until this point, I've had about one seven gallon tray that was dedicated towards kombucha starter. But 
obviously as we're shifting ratios here, I'm gonna need about two gallons per tray. I'm not gonna have enough starter with just that one seven gallon tray itself, if that makes sense. And so I had to think about what can I do or where can I put a lot of starter? And it had to be larger than one of the 16 gallon trays because I would never be able to keep up. I'd always be basically running out of starter and I wanted to have really potent stuff to kickstart every batch. So I looked around and there it was in the corner, a very, very large plastic fermenter. I even said plastic a little emphasized because I want you to know there are different ways to brew and I am okay to say that it is in plastic. If that is a problem with you and you can afford stainless steel, you go for it. I'm so proud of you. But I saw in the corner, not being utilized by the brewery, a 90 gallon plastic conical fermenter. And I thought, oh, maybe I could put the kombucha starter in there. Before I even got these tanks and really months ago, I have been researching a type of system and been basically watching other kombucha brewers, what they do to house their, their SCOBY and their starter. And I've been seeing a lot of people using IBC totes. And those are like plastic food grade containers that are very rectangular and large and they can hold hundreds and hundreds of gallons of a product. At the scale that I was at, downstairs it's a lot smaller and I wouldn't be able to house a large IBC tote or even a smaller one at that point however that conical fermenter was on a stand and it was narrow enough because the liquid was basically stacked on one another in 90 gallons it wasn't large like a tray or an IBC tote would be and so I did some measurements <clears throat> aka my husband did some measurements and he was like yeah this will totally work in your space and so we designed the space to fit that conical fermenter to house the starter prior to getting the symbiosis fermenter trays, the new ones. Now I said that it was a conical fermenter, but the purpose is not to ferment anything. What is essentially going in there is a very, very acidic starter. It's basically like I mentioned before, a kombucha vinegar. And so if I put that in there, it's not really going to continue ferment. I can fish out a SCOBY if I need to, but it's just going to be a place to house the starter and it's gonna give me enough power that I can service all of my fermenter tanks and not have to worry about catching up. Do I have enough? Now I was a little disgruntled because this has a 90 gallon capacity, but I was looking at my fermenter trays and I was just like, man, how in the world am I ever gonna produce and keep up with the demand of the kombucha? And also still have enough starter. Like where am I even gonna get the starter to even reach 90 gallons? And I had an amazing opportunity to have a consultation with Pete from Harvest Roots Ferments, which if you have not heard of Harvest Roots Ferments, in Alabama, oh my goodness, stop listening to this podcast and go follow them right now. They are probably one of the top brewers that I look up to. Like they are right up there at the top of my list. Oh my goodness. And I say they, a Lindsay, Pete's partner, opened this up a couple years ago, right in the midst of covid but they have done an outstanding job bringing a kombucha taproom that features local foods and really diverse types of teas. And oh my goodness, there's just so much I could say about them, but go check them out. But anyway, Pete graciously offered his time. Like we did a Zoom call together and I kind of just talked to him about the great transition because I really needed to hear from someone more uh, just further along than me that I was doing this right or was I heading in the right direction. He just gave me some great feedback and one of those points that he said that just really was like, yes, that makes so much sense. He said to fill up each of the 16 gallon trays 
and let them go for a month and that will be my base starter. He's like, this is your foundation. If you can do this right and get it right, you can rack all of that starter into that conical plastic fermenter and that you will be basically set to go for the summer. Hearing that, I wiped off that frustration tattoo from my forehead briefly. It'll come back, (laughs) real life. But I just felt so much better prepared knowing what I could do for this transition. And so I went ahead and I started, like I mentioned prior, that I already had my seven gallons going. um, And I did four of those to make starter. So four times six gallons is 24 gallons. I was able to have enough starter for several of my trays. Now this naturally leads me to number three, and that's obtaining and using new equipment. Obviously, a larger scale of things brought about way more equipment than I thought we needed, and oh my goodness, there's so much going on that is completely new to me. Butterfly valves, tri-clamps, electric pumps, electric brew kettles. These are all just some of the things that I have now began to use, and when I say began, This is within the week, like this week. This is all very new. And learning how to use all these pieces of equipment has been pretty daunting. So that little tattoo can now start to come back. (laughs) It's a great learning opportunity for me, but it is a lot all at once. And I'm just trying to handle it as best I can, knowing that if I'm able to learn this well and efficiently, I can move all of my brewing to be 100% in my brewing area. Because I've mentioned in the past, I've been using my the kitchen upstairs with the stove and that's upstairs. So I had to bring all of that hot tea downstairs on a cart through an elevator. It was just a crazy process took a really long time this system is a lot more efficient and honestly a lot more professional let's be real but my husband Sean again rock star stayed with me basically each night and we brewed together and we figured out how to move the liquid how to hook it up he did some quick connects with a hose and I'm able to do he bought me a filtered for my filtered water all of these things we did together and I just uh so appreciative I learned how to brew on electric brew kettle which I make a tea concentrate so I do four gallons of concentrated tea and then I cold crash it with filtered water and then I add in my two gallon scoby and I'm ready to go oh and of course the sugar there's sugar in there too With all of my equipment and knowing how to use that, that leads me finally to number four, and that was having the right ratios of everything that I needed. And up until this point, I've been doing almost like a one-to-one ratio, but I realized that that's not always going to be the case as I continue to scale. And I had to take my best educated guess, and that has probably been the most frightening or scary thing to me moving forward is because there isn't a Google YouTube video that I've relied on for so many years saying, hey, if you got a 16 gallon symbiosis fermenter, you go ahead and slap in X amount of tea, X amount of sugar, blah, blah, blah. Like they're they're not out there right now. It's just saying one to one ratio, do this, put in this amount of sugar. It's hard to know what you should do. And with the amount of starter that I don't really have at this point, like I said, I only have several gallons. If I'm going to rack one of my large fermenters and I mess it up, I can't use that anymore. I need to be very calculated with how much kombucha I'm brewing using different ratios because I don't really have that time anymore to test things out. Meaning that that summer market is right around the corner and production needs to go up. So I feel like Eminem where I just have that one shot, one opportunity to get it all right, right? And it's just so difficult because I'm a total perfectionist and I just want to do all of this, get it right, done. But it doesn't happen that way. 
So I took my best educated guess and I filled up two 16-gallon fermenters and I reserved more of that starter liquid gold SCOBY just in case something doesn't go right. But I did do two 16-gallon fermenters that are now currently brewing as of this past Monday. And it's Wednesday, so it's only been in there for two days. And I am very eager to check back on it to see if it works. Because if it does work, sweet, I got 32 gallons of kombucha. If it doesn't work, it's oversaturated in yeast or it just tastes totally off, I might have to dump that. And that is a very big risk because here we are, middle of April, and the market starts May 5th. And I need to have product ready. So in the meantime, like I said for the insurance starter, I also have my backup fermenters. Instead of just taking out all of my old 7-gallon fermenters and taking them home, I had just enough space to have 8 of them remain. I didn't have enough space to have the other 4. So I'm still brewing all of those seven gallon fermenters, monitoring those other two. And then if that goes well, I am racking as much as I possibly can, which I believe at that time with starter, I will be able to do out of the eight trays, I'll be able to fill up six of those. And I'm gonna let those ferment for a month. So I'm basically depending on all of my little guys to get me into the market first. And then as hopefully it ages well, I'm going to have all that foundation ready to go and I will be best equipped for this next busy season or as best equipped as I possibly can be. Whew, I just feel like I'm just taking a shot out there in the dark. But like I said, I can't do all of this by myself. And like I already mentioned, my husband came alongside me and even my boss and brewer that I work with at the Hive Taproom, they have the exact same system. And so they are kind of trying to help me. They use honey though, instead of sugar. So I had to kind of do some converting there, but we're just trying our best to create the best product we possibly can. And at the end of the day, I gotta be proud that I am doing it. And regardless of how it turns out, one gallon fermenter Lydia is proud of however many gallons I'm doing right now. (laughs) Like I got to be proud about how far I've come. And I shared all this because I don't know where you are in your brewing journey or maybe you're an entrepreneur working towards another goal. But just knowing where you started and where you're coming to, like, you got to be proud of the process. And even if I royally mess up or heck, maybe these will fall over. Maybe one of the legs that we put in will like totally crash. This is Enneagram 6 in me thinking of all the worst things that can happen. But if all literally all the kombucha is dumped or something crazy happens, I'm going to be still darn proud that I at least tried. And I know, I know that I will get this right. And I know that you will too. So you got to give yourself that credit. You got to give yourself that time to learn. And I hope by listening to this episode that you feel encouraged to just continue moving forward. And heck, you know, I'm like licking my thumb, licking that frustration tattoo right off my forehead. I'm not, I'm not scared anymore. You know, I'm excited for what is ahead and I know this summer is going to be a great one no matter what happens. And at the end of the day, I tried. And I can't wait to report back how these batches turn out. I will definitely report back, like I said, in a more consistent manner. I only got another week or so until I can check them. So hopefully I got some good growth. But if not, it's all meant to be and I'll just keep going. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen in to today's episode. You know, during this great transition, KombuchaCon was going on in California, and I so, so wanted to go. Many of you who listen in are fellow brewers and were out in California at the conference, and I was basically living through your Instagram stories as you were posting how things were going, and I'm really looking forward to going next year, but I knew that I needed to spend time learning this this year, and I'm, I'm proud of that, but I'm so excited to potentially come out next year and meet so many of you in person. 
But again, this is a great invitation if you want to reach out and just share who you are and what you're doing, what you're up to. I'd love to hear from you. Again, livingfullkombucha at gmail.com. And if it's not too much for you, please leave a review to continue growing this podcast and to spread this mission. And really, you never know, in a perfect world, the more people that listen to kombucha podcasts and and brew their own, maybe there will be something on Google about how to brew a 16-gallon batch of kombucha, (laughs) right? Wishful thinking. It'll happen. But you guys are wonderful. And until next time, which I will see you again really soon, be well and...